It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Homestretch on this Monday. It's the Guy Benson Show. And the 20th anniversary of 9-11 was over the weekend. And as I mentioned to Howie Kurtz earlier in the hour... For me, and I think I'm not alone, the marking of 20 years' time hit me harder than a 9-11 anniversary has in years. I thought about it all day. It was heavily emotional. One clip that really moved me, because I remembered this from 20 years ago, but I'd forgotten it. The morning after 9-11, over in London... There is a tradition at Buckingham Palace called the Changing of the Guard. It's very famous tourists flock to watch. And there's a band and they play music and there's this royal tradition that has stretched hundreds of years. And some of the soldiers playing the instruments are in those very uh, traditional bright red uniforms with those big tall hats. You know what I'm talking about. Lindsay Fifield from the Heritage Foundation tweeted out a video of what happened on 9-12-2001. The Queen broke a 600-year tradition and requested during that ceremony the performance of the Star-Spangled Banner. And I remember as a kid, a teenager at the time, seeing that clip and being overwhelmed by the moment with gratitude for our great allies, just the the symbolism, the solidarity that that represented, that act. And 20 years later, it still gets me kind of choked up and gives me goosebumps. Here's how it sounded, cut 35. throngs who were gathered there bursting into cheers and if you watch the full video you can hear a lot of people singing and the cameras panned and there were people weeping at the gates of Buckingham Palace holding little American flags and over the weekend the same military band different people but a changing of the guard ceremony over in the UK repeated that performance on the 20-year anniversary. And just sort of bookends. And a very beautiful sight, in my view. The visuals are striking, but the context of that sound that you just heard, those notes of our anthem, and that roar from the crowd, brings you back. 
Christine, did you have a similar sense to what I described of 20 years packing sort of a disproportionate punch? Because every year it's sad. Every year we pay tribute. But, you know, the 16th anniversary, for instance, of 9-11, it didn't quite do this to me for whatever reason compared to what I experienced over this past weekend. I actually, I really agree with you on this one. Um, Even leading up to Saturday, it just seemed to hit me harder. Usually, I'll watch, you know, programming about it on the day. And then, yeah, the next day we go on and, you know, we say we never forget and we really don't. But there's something about the days leading up and even yesterday and Saturday was really, really tough. Uh, So much so that I really wanted to do more than just watch something on TV or, you know, listen to something on the radio. So my husband and I made the decision to drive to Jersey City where you can actually see the beam of lights that come up in place of where the two towers stood. And we took our eight-year-old daughter, Megan, to go see it and to really kind of explain to her, because we never really talked about 9-11. She had heard about it. She knew about it, but she didn't really know what happened. And, you know, you want to, she's innocent, and you you don't want to scare her, and you don't, but she needs to know. And so we we tried to sit her down and, you know, talk to her and explain exactly what happened and why we must remember and why those lights mean so much. And it was sad. She, we sat down and her and I were talking and she looked at me and she said, mommy, that had to be an accident. Nobody would ever do something like that on purpose. Are you sure that wasn't just an accident? And there were people, it was very crowded uh, Saturday. It was a beautiful night. And there was a lady sitting next to me on a rock, and she said, I think I'm going to cry. She said, because that just, it makes sense. Like, nobody would do that to us, but they did. And that's why we do have to remember. And there was a lady giving out candles, and uh, my daughter ran up and said, oh, can I have one? Can I have one? And I said, Megan, I don't know if they're selling them. I don't have cash on me. And the lady looked at me, and she goes, I'm not selling these. She goes, my brother died in the towers. She's like, I come here every September 11th and I give out candles so everybody could remember him. And we exchanged pleasantries and my daughter went and lit a candle and she said a prayer and it really hit home. It always has been on the forefront. I mean, it changed my whole trajectory of my career and my life, but something really hit hard this year. And I know that, um, I know our show especially when we interviewed Lisa Friedman on Friday, that got oh me. Oh, my gosh. That oh, really, yeah. really got me. I could barely keep it together. I know. I know. And I will say I tweeted a photo that you took from Jersey City looking across to Lower Manhattan. It is a gorgeous, striking photograph. I tweeted it on Saturday night because you sent it to our group text, and I want to give you on the air some photo creds for it because it, it really looks like a professional photo, and it's it's a beautiful and haunting image and you know christine i have never gone to that 9-11 memorial in lower manhattan i haven't just really been able to bring myself to do it even when i was at the george w bush presidential library a few years ago in dallas there's a whole section of it as you might imagine about 9-11 and i didn't skip it but i kind of quickly went through it because i still like i lived through it 
I remember personally how horrible it was for you know, friends of ours, for my community and our town. And I still feel like it's in some ways like too soon for me to immerse myself in a lot of this stuff again. But I think that might have been why I was so impacted. I realized, is it really too soon? It's been 20 years, 20 years. And so I guess I forced myself a little bit more this weekend to watch more of the videos and and read some more of the accounts and just that conversation that we had on Friday's show. If you missed that conversation with Lisa Friedman and her son, and she's a 9-11 widow, and that conversation that she had with her husband trapped in the towers, I mean, it was spellbinding and heartbreaking. But it's the type of thing that I think we need to hear as a country if we mean it when we say never forget. And I think it's a really great thing that you did as a parent. I know it's got to be tough to figure out, you know, what's the right age to really explain something to a child who's so innocent, who didn't live through it. And I know Megan's eight and just what a what a sad thing that she said. Why would anyone ever do something like that? That's that sort of puts a lump in your throat. And something else that I thought was very moving from over the weekend was an announcement that was made a surprise announcement on Fox News. On Saturday evening, there was a special 9-11 commemoration edition of The Five. And there was a gentleman on set who runs a great organization for first responders. And he did not know sitting there what was about to happen. Jesse Waters made that announcement. Here's what it sounded like. Cut 15. We have a very special announcement. Fox Corporation is <laughs> donating $1 million to the Tunnel Woo! Tower. Here, here, here. On behalf of Fox Corporation Executive Chairman and Chief Executive Officer, oh Lachlan Murdoch, God. this donation honors your brother, Stephen Siller, and the Tunnel to Towers <laughs> Foundation, which is committed to ensuring that we never forget 9-11 and the sacrifices made by our first responders in the line of duty. So you could hear the reaction. It's really quite visual, too. This guy is shocked and obviously moved. It is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Frank Siller was the guest. Christine, briefly explain his story. So Frank is the brother of Stephen Siller. And Stephen Siller was a firefighter. And he had just gotten off his night shift. And he was about to meet his brother, Frank, and a couple other brothers to go golfing. And he was driving. And he heard about the first plane hitting um, the North Tower. So he drove back and he was trying to get through the battery tunnel and it was closed and he couldn't get out, couldn't get into the city. So he decided to pack on 60 pounds of, you know, all of his equipment and he walked through the tunnel directly to the towers. And unfortunately he lost his life that day, but that's why they named it tunnel to towers. And, you know, Frank has done such an amazing job trying to pay off mortgages for first responders that uh, might have lost their life or gold star families that need help, you know, paying right. off things. And they're doing a great job. And Frank had said once they donated, once Lachlan had donated the, the million dollars, he said, you just paid off at least four to five mortgages and families that no longer have to worry about this when they've dealt with so much already. Yeah, it is a very, very cool thing. And it made me very proud to work at this company, and hats off to everyone involved, Lachlan Murdoch, of course, and everyone who made that happen. 
and it's uh, it's a wonderful, worthy cause. And there was an insane percentage, I mean, hundreds of the people who died on 9-11 in New York City were firefighters, right? People were desperate to get out of the towers before they collapsed. And you had people like Frank Siller's brother who did exactly the opposite. They ran into danger to try to save as many innocent lives as they could. And many of them died in that process, in that endeavor. True bravery, right? They call NYPD New York's finest, NYFD New York's bravest, for good reason. So usually we do a relatively light home stretch. We talk about silly nonsense, and it's fun. And you might say, well, Guy, you kind of did the 9-11 show on Friday. Well, for reasons that we've already touched on here, this year it just hit a little different. And I wanted to revisit it. I think it was really worthwhile. Never forget, indeed, 20 years later. Back here tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of The Guy Benson Show. I hope you'll join us. Until then... Have a great night. Homestretch, Tuesday edition here on The Guy Benson Show. Check me out tonight on the panel with Brett Bayer, special report in the 6 p.m. hour Eastern time. So last night I was up later than expected watching TV because I was hooked on the Monday night football game. On Sunday, my New York Giants looked... Well, let's be honest, like hot garbage, as expected. Just awful, again. So it'll probably be a long season. We'll see how long this Daniel Jones experiment goes. That was after a less than inspiring, but at least a win, from my Northwestern Wildcats on Saturday. So I was maybe not that energized to keep watching this game. And yet the Monday night game on ESPN was phenomenal. I was excited to see the new stadium out in Vegas with actual fans in it. You guys know that one of my best friends, Dan, is the Vegas Golden Knights broadcaster on the hockey side. So I just have like a soft spot for Vegas sports. And so it was a good matchup. The Raiders, who recently moved, and then the Ravens from Baltimore. Another one of my buddies, Andrew, is a big Ravens fan. And the last few minutes of regulation and overtime were just A plus in terms of excitement. Twists and turns, ridiculous plays, mistakes, a huge game-changing forced fumble by my guy, Carl Nassib, and then a very memorable final play to win it all for the home team in OT. So I enjoyed it. I was highly entertained. I was also entertained by little bits and pieces of the Manning brothers doing their alternate live broadcast over on ESPN2, The Deuce, with Eli teasing his older brother Peyton quite a lot. I might sample that from time to time. I prefer to watch the game as it is with you know the play-by-play and the analysis, but you know, the Manning brothers got pretty good reviews. So that is just something that I wanted to put out there because it was a fun, thrilling football game, and I had no real investment in the outcome, but it was some... Um, late-night entertainment, that then it actually took me a little while to come down from that, even though I didn't really care. It was such a good game, I knew I wasn't going to be able to fall asleep right away, so I just hung out and watched Scott Van Pelt on Sports Center a little bit and then finally fell asleep. 
but I know that our producer, Christine, is perhaps unable to sleep. She is so excited for the return of an iconic show that aired forever, I mean, for years on Fox, the broadcast network. It will be exclusively coming back on Fox Nation, where this show also streams, foxnation.com. You can sign up. There are free year-long subscriptions available for members of the military, veterans, first responders. Amazing opportunity there at foxnation.com. But Fox Nation will soon become the exclusive home of the reboot and the return of a show whose theme song needs really no introduction. Hit it, Justin. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Producer Christine apparently is a big fan of this show. She, in fact, sang part of the theme song on our planning call today. Christine, would you care to just remind the audience how that song goes? C. Diddy, musical artist? <clears throat> well, do, do I have Wyatt there? You do not. For this the is, beat? This is, a, no, this is a solo performance. Do I really have to do this? Yes, you do. Bad boys, bad boys. Oh, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? That's my accent, too. Does that sound good? A bad boy, bad boy. Oh, what you gonna do? Well, it's, it's boys, plural. Just a quick fact check. And you shouldn't have... You got it right the first time. I was about to compliment you. That was both cringeworthy and also not terrible. What? Really? Yeah. Wait, how could it be both? Just go back and listen to the podcast, Christine, and I think maybe you'll understand. Maybe not. Maybe you will just have a huge smile. You'll be very proud of yourself. Now, I wonder, is this a show that you love because you have been on it at some point? Because I can sort of imagine you having made a cameo, right, where, I don't know, it's the Jersey State Troopers or, you know, your local police department responding to a domestic call of some sort. Wait, you're, up. are you saying the cops are coming because someone called the cops on me? I'm I'm saying that they arrive on Eyesore Lane and they're like, uh, we have an unidentified female who appears to have a box of wine in a red wagon and she is very loud. She's doing something to a giant inflatable Santa Claus in her front yard. I can sort of imagine this and you welcoming the police, perhaps singing, in fact, the cop's theme song to them after a bit of Mama's Juice and they have to figure out whether to just give you a warning or perhaps take you in to the old drunk tank. This is something that I'm envisioning, and I'm wondering, is this a flashback to something that I have seen, or is this just a fantasy? You know what? <laughs> what's scary is I have transported Uh-oh. alcohol in Megan's little red wagon <laughs> up and down my street. Wait, that's real? Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> we had the radio flyer wagon, and we definitely, going you know, to neighbors and neighbors, we would put all the alcohol. She's like, Mommy, I want to play with my wagon. No, Megan. Mama needs it for her juice. Now go back inside and make me another cocktail. Not that far, but not that. Yeah, yeah. And probably during the holidays when I definitely had, you know, one of the inflatables up. Oh, yeah. No, this could the, happen. So and, it's, you're not actually the, that far off, but I have not been arrested. The, Let's put that out there, please. They play the 911 call of someone who had called the authorities to your yard, they surprisingly have a foreign accent of some sort. It sounds maybe Australian or, or something like that, and the police show up only to find you. I feel like you would be effusively over the top in your welcoming of the police. I would imagine you actually offering them. 
if some of your stash. If the, if the cops came with cameras and the producers and it was cops, I would be so excited. I don't even think I'd be that upset that I was possibly going to get arrested because I'd probably talk my way out of it. Maybe by just singing the song to them, you know, like, hey, fellas, bad boys, bad boys, you know. And just- on, come, on come the handcuffs at that point. <laughs> I'm imagining you with red and blue solo cups and you holding one of each. It's like it's like the lights on your car. Wee woo, wee woo. Like th- this is this is how I'm envisioning this playing out. Guy, you understand I'm a mother, right? Yes. I mean, that is literally biologically true. I'm a role model to many, especially I'm a role model to young Wyatt. You, you, (laughs) I think that Wyatt was the one who suggested I force you to sing the song. I don't think you're a role model. I mean, you had to quit being a class mother in your daughter's class because of so many failures. That, I mean, that was it, just it was too... like it was like the Afghanistan withdrawal of of being the class mother. This is how well you planned. You were Biden esque. They just expected a lot from me as a class mom. I wasn't going to do everything yeah, they demanded. You inherited a deadline, not a plan, is what I'm hearing. For you know, bringing cookies in for the holiday celebration. Although they can probably call it Christmas still, right? It's a Catholic school. Yes. Yes, they can. We have an Easter party. We had a first communion party. We had a Christmas party. This year, we're going to have a Christmas pageant. And I'm hoping Megan gets the role of Mary. (laughs) Well, the point of this ridiculous conversation is to just offer a public service announcement. If you were a fan of cops, and many were, because it ran for many, many seasons, then it was gone for a while. And a number of Reality police shows were canceled because of the whole anti-cop wave that swept across the country. Well, Cops is back exclusively on Fox Nation. You can sign up foxnation.com. It's a very reasonable fee, especially if you consider that you can stream this fine show on Fox Nation. I mean, my goodness, worth the price of admission right there. And there's a special offer, as we mentioned, for veterans, members of the military, first responders, a free year of Fox Nation if you want to catch cops, which is back, coming back. One more thought on entertainment. We did football. We did cops. Tonight, and picking up on a conversation that we started last week, you were on vacation, Christine, but I have already gotten into the American crime story portrayal and dramatization of the Clinton impeachment saga. Their O.J. Simpson series, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, was absolutely amazing. Their assassination of Johnny Versace series was fine. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't recommend it as highly. But one episode in, I'm already very excited for episode number two tonight. We just met the Bill Clinton character at the end of last episode. And what's so interesting, Christine is watching this with Adam, who's a number of years younger than I am. I remember the impeachment drama and some of the details because I was in middle school at the time. And, you know, broad strokes, I kind of you know know what happened in the impeachment and so on and so forth. He was acquitted. Adam knows almost nothing about it because he was younger and not really paying attention. So everything is completely brand new to him. He's like, who is this guy? Foster, Vincent Foster? I'm like, oh, just buckle up for this series because there are a lot of twists and turns that I'm sure I don't remember, right? Even though I was somewhat aware and sort of 
sentient politically at the time. I think for people even a few years younger than I am, it's going to be quite a roller coaster experience. Just like actually OJ was, the OJ series for me. Because I was a young elementary school student at the time, and I knew that he was found not guilty, despite, I mean, pretty obviously being guilty. All that other stuff, almost all of it, I did not know and was gasping and taking notes and Googling during the show. Did that really happen? Is that real? I'd imagine that will be Adam during the impeachment-themed series, which resumes on FX tonight, and we've got it DVR'd. I think you'd like it, Christine. I have to start it, and I just have to say, I mean, I was in high school during this whole thing, so, you know, I pretty much remember all the key players. You're that's, almost Monica's age. Oh, God. Really? Actually, that's true, right? Yeah, it's more of a shot of Clinton than you. <laughs> but I have to say, whenever we have Ken Starr on, I still get a little like, ooh, it's Ken Starr, you know, because oh, yeah. such a big name. He's been referenced so far in episode one, but we have not gotten the character yet of Kenneth Starr. So we'll see how he compares how the actor compares to the real deal because he is not a regular on this program but has been on several times in fact we should maybe get him back to talk about the show that could actually be really interesting at some point in the coming months let's make a little note of that and circle back as jen would say and with that we've got to go i've got to get ready for special report joining brett bayer and company including juan williams and molly hemingway tonight usually around 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox News Channel for a special report. Back here tomorrow, actually something pretty exciting on the show tomorrow that we will explain tomorrow, but a fairly momentous day for the Guy Benson Show. That's Wednesday. In the meantime, we will leave you hanging with that tease. Have a great night. Bad boys, bad boys. Oh, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? stretch on the guy benson show thank you for listening yesterday we got the news that norm mcdonald a very funny comedian had passed away at the age of 61 he'd been fighting cancer for years had not told basically anyone so his fans many of his friends did not know that he was in that battle and he died yesterday and the tributes just came flowing in he was widely admired, beloved, respected by comics. I mean, I did not see one negative word about him. Even on Twitter, where all you see is negative words. People came out of the woodwork, famous people all the way down to fans who were sharing their experiences, their favorite one-liners. Videos were flying. We talked about it briefly on the show yesterday. I played a few clips from him. And then last night, I went down sort of the wormhole on Norm MacDonald and was just watching clip after clip, YouTube video after YouTube video. A bunch of buddies and I are in a group chat, and we were shooting links back and forth to each other. And I was just cracking up. And one of my favorite things is when he would do interviews on late-night shows, the hosts could barely contain themselves with him. They were frequently just not able to keep it together. They would just lose it, which was a lot of fun to watch. And, Christine, you were saying that you ended up watching a lot of Norm last night, right? Well, I was watching all the clips that you had tweeted, and then I started doing, you know, going down the rabbit hole myself. And, oh, my goodness, how funny he was. And I and just, was, I love the deadpan, the look. 
he would give you. Right, a slight smirk sometimes, deadpan, when he would bomb on purpose, when he would tell ridiculous stories for a small payoff, but sort of the journey was almost the point. He was a bit rambling and seemed scatterbrained, but he was doing something very specific in actually a deceptively disciplined way. Just a joy. And he is a great, great loss to the world of comedy. And, you know, the word fearless gets thrown around. And we live in a very fearful society because of cancel culture and woke mobs and all this stuff. He truly was one of them who did not care. Like Joan Rivers style. Like, what are you going to do? I'm Norm MacDonald. I'm going to say the thing. So one video that I enjoyed in particular, it was long. This YouTube video started, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's half an hour. Am I going to watch this for half an hour? Oh, you bet I watched it for half an hour. I ended up tweeting it if you want to find it, at Guy P. Benson. So Norm was the weekend update anchor, you know, the fake news guy on SNL for a number of years. And during that period of time, one of the biggest stories in the world was the O.J. Simpson trial, and Norm was absolutely relentless about O.J. He felt, I mean, for obvious reasons, that O.J. was guilty and made this abundantly clear with the jokes that he would tell, not just month after month during the trial, but even for months afterward because there was the civil trial and all this stuff, and there were people who clearly weren't comfortable with it, and there were accusations that some executives were uncomfortable with the jokes and, and just how brutal he was to OJ. But he would not back down. And as I watched this 30, 35 minute video play out, which was just a spliced together highlight reel of every OJ joke that this guy made from the weekend update desk, I was at times laughing so hard I had to pause the video because I didn't want to miss the next one. That's how good it was. Just unsparing. There might be some people in this audience who think OJ was innocent. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I can what I can tell you there. In my opinion, he was not. Man was guilty. On this, Norm MacDonald and I clearly agree. If you also agree, I think you will find this savagery to be delightful and hilarious as I did. I want to just play you a few. I mean, I we had to pick half a dozen out of dozens. And we're leaving some excellent material on the cutting room floor because we only have so much time here in this home stretch segment. But just you know, for example, this was actually the only clip that was not at the SNL desk, at the Weekend Update desk. This was when Norm MacDonald hosted the ESPYs, the ESPN Award, kind of like the sports Oscars. One of those years, he was the MC, and he made this comment, cut 22. And there's Charles Woodson. How about that? Oh, what a season he had. Great, and he, he became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. And congratulations, Charles. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter, in which case... <laughs> I can't imagine him or anyone getting away with that kind of thing today. A little aside. You've won your Heisman Trophy. That's something no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter. 
because OJ, of course, famously was stripped of his Heisman. Now to Saturday Night Live, cut 23. OJ Simpson's lawyers have decided to skip hearings on DNA evidence and go right to trial. Asked why they did this, the lawyers replied, we want to get OJ acquitted as speedily as possible so he can get back to doing what he does best, killing people. (laughs) In a similar vein, we have this joke, cut 26. Let's get to OJ. OJ Simpson's lawyers say they don't want the families of Nicole Brown and Ronald Goldman in the courtroom during the trial. They're afraid the presence of the family members will just remind OJ of how much more killing he still has to do. (laughs) And they just have the the -the over-the-shoulder graphic of OJ with Norm shuffling his papers, just deadpanning These, (laughs) these completely brutal lines. And the audience almost always laughs. There are scattered boos from time to time. Remember, there, there was a, a very heavily political element to this. Norm did not care. It was his bit. He was committed to it. He was obviously disgusted by what happened in the trial and was not going to let it go. I mean, like a dog with a bone, and good for him. And, I mean, there was so much material, basically endless. I like this one. Cut 28. Listen. In an effort to raise money for his enormous legal bills, O.J. Simpson this week began marketing a video which attempts to prove his innocence. Should the tape not sell, Simpson has a backup idea, his very own video of the actual murders themselves. <laughs> uh, this Okay, this next one, this next one, for some reason, completely slayed me. I was crying tears out of both eyes uncontrollably. It was that funny. Cut 27. In a surprise move, O.J. Simpson has offered to give an interview to CNN with, quote, absolutely no ground rules. But interviewers Greta Van Susteren and Roger Cossack have asked for one. Don't kill us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is good. And, of course, we know Greta a little bit from her time here at Fox. She used to do her panel. And we do have one rule, Mr. Simpson. You have no ground rules. Just, we have one, please. No murder here. And then, last but not least, I mean, it's, it is just unflinching. Just in your face. Cut 24. In his book, O.J. Simpson says that he would have taken a bullet or stood in front of a train for Nicole. Man, I'm going to tell you, that is some bad luck when the one guy who would have died for you kills you. That's probably... (laughs) Uh, And on and on it went for 35 minutes. I tweeted it last night, Guy P. Benson on Twitter, also Guy P. Benson on Instagram, by the way. I didn't post any of the OJ stuff on Instagram. But it was 35 minutes well spent. I think our production team had a lot of fun cutting it up. It's probably one of the more enjoyable assignments I've ever given them about audio that I want. Usually it's like, hey, can we get that latest thing that Blinken said? Oh, yeah, what did Saki say? No, I was like, let's get six amazing jokes about OJ Simpson by Norm MacDonald. I hate that we had to do it in the context of mourning the loss of Norm MacDonald. 
And a few of the clips along the way that I saw last night were Norm being, you know, completely irreverent, sort of in the nothing sacred mindset about death itself. He had a whole bit on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart about Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter's death. That was, you know, again, I would never dream of making these points, but they were hilarious. Jon Stewart was begging him through tears and laughter, please stop, I don't want to laugh publicly about this. He also talked about battling cancer and dying of cancer in a funny way. This was long before he was diagnosed. So he was willing to go there, so to speak, which is why I saw one joke written about him online yesterday that some people might wince over. I laughed out loud because I think Norm would have laughed out loud, which was Norm MacDonald, comedian, dead at 61. He was murdered by O.J. Simpson. (laughs) Oh, gosh. He may not be your cup of tea. He may not have your style of humor. The fact that he was so well regarded by his peers, I think, is an achievement. And maybe you don't know much about him. Maybe you'll go down the same rabbit hole tonight because of this little teaser. Give him a shot. I think he appreciated laughs. He knew how to earn them. And we will miss the humor, the wit, the sarcasm, and the deadpan delivery of that rascally Canadian, Norm MacDonald. And with that, we are done here this evening. Back on the Guy Benson Show for the Thursday edition tomorrow. We will talk to you then. Enjoy your evening. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. It's Friday Eve. Always appreciate you tuning in and sticking it out to the very last wacky segment, typically, that we do here. I want to kick it off with a fun Twitter game that I engaged in yesterday. The game was to search a GIF on Twitter, so like a short animated clip, basically, if you're unfamiliar. Some people pronounce it GIF. I'm not one of them. But search for a GIF of your birth year, in my case, 1985, and one of the resulting, and one of the search results that comes up will be your outfit to the Met Gala, because we were talking a lot about the Met Gala this week with AOC and that whole story. So I went and typed into the search function, 1985. There were a number of interesting options. I went with Pee Wee Herman in a bellhop costume. So I felt like I would probably be the help at the Met Gala, which means I would be masked, obviously, because science. And producer Christine, the reason I wanted to bring this little Twitter game up was not because it was all that interesting, although a lot of people responded and got into it, I wanted you to tell the audience what came up in your birth year gift search. I I cannot believe that this happened. But when I put my year in, one of the first things that popped up was that ridiculous 80s video that you swear I was a part of during the 80s. Yes, the aerobics championships, when it was treated like a sport, they had that really catchy theme song and all these hilariously choreographed 80s aerobics champions performing for the cameras with the audience and studio clapping along. And there is a young woman there who is, I still contend, a young Koki Christine. 
back when she was an aerobics champion in the 80s, also moonlighting as a Soviet spy. That's a separate conversation. We don't have time to get into it. You can also go back into our archives, learn about what Christine did to her pony, Carousel. I think this all probably has something to do with Carousel's disappearance, if you ask me. But uh, these are sort of deep pulls from the Guy Benson Show Homestretch Archive. But one of those gifts of those aerobics people aligned with your birth year. And I cannot imagine that that is a coincidence, Christine. And I just wonder if, if you want to tell any truths right now. If you have a moment, you have a platform, you have the floor. I, I have nothing to say. Other than it would be impossible for all of this to happen in the 80s. I was born in 81. Yeah, I'm not that's... as old as you think I am. Okay. I mean, look, you were obviously trained very well in Siberia. And you're sticking to the story. And that's fine. But one day we'll get you. Maybe a little mama's juice involved. Truth serum. In any case, something else that I actually teased coming into this segment. New York Post story about a TikTok video that has gone viral. Let me just read from the story. It looks like Costco has an amazing return policy. A TikTok user alleging to be a Costco employee shared a video on the platform where she revealed some of the warehouse retailers' wildest refund requests. The clip has been viewed almost 3 million times. The user goes by the name Hannah and filmed herself responding to the query. Questions we get all the time at refunds. I use these bed sheets for five years. Can I return it? Yes, you can get a full refund, this woman wrote. Another question. Can I return a dead Christmas tree after Christmas? The answer, yes, full refund. Customers have even asked, can I return this pie, even though there's only a quarter of it left? Response, sure, here's your money back. So, Christine, is this right? Is this true? Because this makes no sense to me. Why on earth, after five years sleeping in a bunch of bed sheets, could you then show up, dump them on the table at Costco and say, please return my money. Please give me my money back for my three-quarter consumed pie you... or for my Christmas tree after Christmas. I, is, she, is this just like a joke or is this real? I'm sure the pie, actually, I don't know if the pie didn't taste very well after they uh, sampled half of it. Yeah, I'm sure you can return it. Guy, you don't strike me as somebody that returns often, but as a gal who uh, probably returns something at least once, twice, three times a week, um, returning is a big thing. And if you're not satisfied with the product that you Wait, hang bought. On. You return things. Do you just say you return things multiple times a week? Correct. How? How do you have time for any of that? Well, now that I'm not working from home, it, it, my, my returning is going to have to happen on the weekends. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I order things. I you know buy things at the store. And then if I don't like it, I just return it. Now, let, let's be honest. I have the tags and I have the receipts on things. But you can return things. I mean, I think the craziest thing I ever returned. Well, just hold, hold up, hold up. Before we get to that, I just want to say to me, the inconvenience of returning something, going through the entire bothersome process of buying something and then saying, I don't want this anymore, and going back to get your money back, I do not have the time for that. I'm trying to think in my life, I have maybe returned something five times, if that. I just don't have time. I buy things that I want, that I know that I want or need, 
And unless there is something egregiously wrong, I keep it. And by the way, even on occasion, if there is something egregiously wrong, and I know that I could get my money back, I do a cost-benefit analysis. Is it worth my time to schlep back over to wherever and return this one thing given the amount of money that I paid for it? And many, many times the answer to that is no. Now, I'm reading Costco's return policy in case you're curious because I am now very curious if this is real. Members, I am a member, have a, quote, risk-free 100% satisfaction guarantee. The wholesaler also guarantees, quote, your satisfaction on every product we sell and will refund your purchase price with the following exceptions. And the exceptions include electronics, cigarettes, alcohol, and diamonds of a certain quality. I guess some people buy their their diamonds at Costco. I'm not someone who buys diamonds ever. Those are very limited exceptions, so I guess it is entirely possible that you could show up with used bed sheets years later, having slept on them for years, saying, you know what, I was only 98% satisfied. I'd like my money back, and I guess the answer from Costco is, okay, I am mystified by that. Maybe they're just banking on most people not being insane and not trying. But obviously there are some people who do try. Which brings us to whatever story you were about to tell, Christine, your craziest return effort. Well, I just want to go on the record here with Costco's return policy. Uh, I will promise I will never return alcohol. So then I don't have to worry about that. (laughs) It's also one of their exceptions. Like, ma'am, this entire jug is empty. But go on. I once, so if this happened a long time ago, I can't get in trouble for it now, correct? I mean, I'm not an attorney, uh, so I don't know what the statute of limitations might be for whatever you're about to say, but go on. I once uh, returned a knife without the packaging, uh, without a receipt. It was one of those like Santuco knives, like you, you could dice, you can slice, you could do everything with it. But uh, it, it, I didn't like it and I didn't feel like it was cutting properly and it was quite expensive. So I wrapped it in a paper towel and I just walked into the store with the knife and I told them I had bought it here, you know, a while back and I, I didn't like it anymore. And the lady unwrapped it. She's like, oh, oh. Well, where's the receipt? Where the pack? And I said, I don't, I don't have any of that, but I don't want this knife anymore. So she, we had to go through the aisles and find the knife that we thought looked like my knife. And then she returned. She gave me cash back. Wow. Now, see, here's the thing. This is where we need Norm McDonald and Miss Norm McDonald because he would have turned that story into an O.J. Simpson joke. Easy, right? That's a callback to yesterday. That is not that crazy of a story, Christine. I'm almost disappointed. But you said, Judgey Joyce, your mother is, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to call her a criminal, but it sounds like Judgey Joyce takes some extreme liberties when it comes to returning items. My mother, if, sorry, mom, if, say she has a vacuum and the vacuum breaks after a while, she will go to the store, buy the same vacuum if possible, bring that box home, take the new vacuum out, put the old vacuum in, and return it. And then, boom, she has a brand new vacuum. I mean, that is just theft and fraud, right, I think? Because not only, in fact, it's twice over. She is stealing, effectively, a brand new vacuum cleaner, 
and then returning a busted old vacuum cleaner and getting money back for that. Right. And listen, they will argue with her at the store, but she is relentless. Oh, is that where I get it from? She is relentless. So it's just not worth arguing with her. It's better just to just let it go. You she know. wears them down. She sure does. I mean, with all due respect, I do think that what you just described is probably criminal conduct. And I, I, is she aware of that? Have you ever said, you know, Mom, I think that this is probably illegal? She would tell, are you kidding? She'd be like, so what? No, it's not. I bought that. It didn't. It didn't hold up. So I want my new one. Well, how long are we talking? I how refuse to answer. Use... I'm not going to answer that because I'm not sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it was defective immediately. Right? No, she no, used... no, 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 no. And, and just trying to re- see, I would say if you're trying to return a broken old one, that's one thing. And you can give it your best shot to me buying a new one stealing the new one, replacing it in the package with the old one, and then bringing it back with the new one at home and asking for money? That's crazy. That's judgy. Wow. I'm well, dying I mean, I, to know I, what, why. I don't know your mother, but I, I do feel like, you know, Crime Stoppers tip line. I mean, this is this is a criminal enterprise. What's your friend's name? Is, does she approve of this? I don't know if I should answer any more of these I, can I, I, I don't want to get my mother in trouble, but it is what she does, and it's very embarrassing. Well, that's one word for it. We, we will not tattle on her, but I would encourage you to perhaps encourage her further not to continue uh, that particular scheme, because I do think it's almost certainly illegal. You said you had one last question, quickly. I'm dying to know what Wyatt could possibly have ever returned. Maybe one of his cardigans? He discovered a little a little tear in his cardigan on one of his 4.30 a.m. morning constitutionals. Do you think or maybe his, like his uh, his Mozart record got some scratches in it? He's got to go to the record me. store. His, the old vintage record store. Wyatt, have you ever returned anything? Uh, yeah, I've, I've returned stuff before. But um, all I have to say and during this segment is that I, I love Costco. And I think their return policy is great. I, I'm not saying I've returned anything from Costco, but I'm saying I... You go to Costco a lot, and I'm usually there on the weekends, and I'll probably be there this weekend. They have good samples. You can go and basically have lunch just from the samples. You know producer Christine's roaming the aisles, crossing your fingers for a booze sample. Like, ma'am, you have been here 17 times. We recognize you. Ma'am, that is a fake mustache. We are not giving you any more of this. All right, back here tomorrow. Friday edition coming up on The Guy Benson Show. Talk to you then. Have a great night. Stretch on this Friday on the Guy Benson Show. Happy Friday. We're almost there, almost to the weekend together. And Christine, you asked me on our planning call today, how am I feeling? Because I've been battling sort of like this slight cold. It's been a nuisance, not awful. I feel like I'm coming out of it. And we know it's not COVID because been there, done that, plus the vaccine. But the new thing today has been not a sore throat, not the same level of like a little bit of fatigue, I guess, and constantly blowing my nose and that sort of thing. It's stuffed up ears where I can't really feel like, I feel like I'm in an airplane that is just after takeoff or just coming down where 
you want to have your ears pop and you sort of like yawn or move your jaw. And usually that does the trick, except it's not this time. They're just sort of permanently stuffed. And any time I blow my nose, it feels like the pressure builds and they get more stuffed up. Do you have, I know you're not one of our Fox medical team experts here, but do you have any mom tricks for something like this? Yes. Would you, do you want to, I think you should get a pen right now. Okay. Yeah, okay are you one. ready? Thank you. Yes. Uh, gin, vodka, <laughs> Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. So you just, your solution to sort of a common cold illness situation is to drink heavily. Bottoms up. Is this based on anything other than your own personal preference or different than advice you would give to anyone for any malady or anything at all, really? Yes, I, I actually have reasoning behind it. Would you, I mean, do you have some time? Would you like to hear? I mean, we do have a little bit of time. So in January of 2020, I decided I was going to do dry January. Do you remember that? I do. It lasted, what, four days? Twelve. Twelve long days. Yeah, you tried to claim that that counted as the whole month, I remember. I mean, it pretty much. I, I accomplished dry January, let's be honest. You did not. Okay. Tomato, tomato, I, I, right? I think, I think your definition of success is similar to that of Jen Psaki <laughs> when it comes to Afghanistan. Where it's like it's hard to look at this as anything other than a I'm, remarkable, historic success. That's sort of a, a similar vibe that I'm getting from you here. I'm going to circle back on that one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So you did dry January and then failed, and then what? And guess what? I got the sickest I have ever been in probably my entire life during that time. And we think it could have been COVID, right? Co- I, I, a lot of people do, Yes. Uh, I never got tested, and I, I didn't do the antibody test as well, so I'm not Ever? really sure. I feel like, wouldn't you have some interest in that? So um, my doctor, who I've been seeing since I was a teenager, had recommended not to do that for me. And I think part of it was just the mental aspect of if I knew I did have it back then, it, it still would have messed me up. And he knows me well. Like, don't forget, like, I have Why a would that have messed you up? Wouldn't that have, like reassured you a little bit like oh i've had this i've recovered from it i've got some protection and antibodies here in fact pretty pretty significant and powerful stuff i feel like that would be reassuring um that's kind of not how cookie's brain operates so i think he just knew best not to do that so i i really don't know but i do know this wait hang on i just need to explore this Mm. and i again i feel like it's it's risky to try to delve into the inner workings of cookie's brain we only have so much time here and so much patience but i'm trying to understand why it is that the certitude that you had gotten covid and recovered from it and therefore are protected from it why would that mess with you more than the uncertainty where you're just sort of floating along hoping that you don't get a breakthrough case because you're fully vaccinated, not really knowing. I feel like given the fact that you have been fully vaccinated, if you also then got the antibody test, I don't know if it would work now because you have antibodies due to the vaccine, but if you could guarantee that you had both things, natural immunity plus vaccine immunity, you would be sort of in the Superman category along with me. When it comes to COVID, I feel like that would be much more likely to put your 
very troubled, somewhat neurotic, panicked mind at ease versus not knowing. I feel like the lack of knowledge, the lack of certainty would gnaw away further at someone who has this type of mentality. You, you would think that, yes. I, I guess, as you said, a, a normal mind would think that way. <laughs> uh, I would probably replay every single day of that illness back in my head, trying to decipher, you know, oh, I had that. Oh, that definitely was COVID. I probably should have been in a hospital. I could have been in a hospital. Oh, my God. What if I went to the ICU? What if I had to be on a ventilator? But you didn't. And you weren't. Right. Yes. That's, it's really, listen. That's you, the good news. You are not my therapist, okay? If you want me to give well, you his number, I can do that. I would beg to differ. I think that we do a lot of cookie therapy on this show, especially in this segment. But like I've, can, I've had people texting me like, you should start charging her. <laughs> can we just back on track here? When okay. I had alcohol in my body, uh-huh. I did not get very sick. The 12 days I decided to do dry January and have no booze, no hooch, I got very sick. That's your rationale here. It makes sense, don't you think? Just try to get on my level a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't know, but, you know, thank you. Thank you, doctor. I can imagine you just sort of, you know, sloshing around in the middle of the street with all your mama's juice and basically arguing that this was doctor's orders to protect you from COVID, right? This this feels on brand, even if it's not, you know, actually scientifically proven. Although there was that brief time, remember a few news cycles way back early in COVID, where there was some suggestion that gin actually was helpful, like a gin and tonic was actually helpful. That must have been the best COVID news cycle of the entire pandemic for you. I probably send it to everybody I knew. <laughs> right. You're just sort of just like, Bobby, I'm going to Costco and I'm getting so much gin. Now, we can't return it. That's a callback to yesterday, but that's okay. We're going to put it away for our health. Now, here's the thing. So I want to get back to our original topic for this home stretch. So let's say you got the antibody test. You found out that you did have COVID in those early days. January of 2020, most people would say, okay, great. I had it early. I got over it. That's good. You're saying you would start obsessing over worst case scenarios, even though we know that those worst case scenarios didn't actually happen to you. And those would have been going to the hospital, going to the ICU, getting put on a ventilator. And then of course the worst case scenario would be death from COVID. And you'd be thinking about that, which brings me to this story that I saw on social media yesterday, and I was like, what is this? And we fact-check it, and apparently it is not really true. But there was a photograph and the assertion that there's this new trend in Japan, and in fairness, there are some, shall we say, cultural quirks in Japan that are sometimes eyebrow-raising. So I believed it enough that I wanted to look into it and see if it was real. Looks like it is... Uh, fact check mostly false, but the assertion was that a new trend in Japan is for people to put QR codes on their gravestones, on their headstones. And the idea is when people go to a graveyard, they can take their phone out, scan the QR code, and then have a little presentation pop up on their phone about the person, including, if they were recently deceased, like a little 
I don't know, highlight tribute video of that person's life. And obviously, uh, this idea was uh, very strange to me. But I thought this could actually be an interesting little thought experiment for the home stretch, even though it's a bit morbid, right? It's a bit ghoulish on a Friday. Um, since you brought up your obsession with worst case scenarios, I figured I would put this to you. Would you want a QR code on your headstone where people wouldn't just read, you know, here lies cookie and then the dates, they could actually scan it and see things like, you know, maybe clips from this show or the photograph of you in a hot dog costume that you tell everyone about immediately while pretending that you're embarrassed of what happened. Like, you know, people could get a little taste about what your life, you know, your zest for life, what what the what the general how you were as a person. I 100% would want this because let's let's listen. You go to a a gravesite and it's depressing, right? You're sad, you know. It's not often that I go visit graveyards, but this would be kind of cool if, you know, you go visit Cook's Cookie and uh, you get a little video of me. And at the end, I definitely would be like, cheers, you know, go get a drink. Get so out of here. Yeah, so you would pre-record a, a toast to the people visiting your grave in advance. Uh, yes. And I, you know what? Would God? your headstone be shaped like a bottle of wine? Oh, oh. I got to talk to Bobby about this. <laughs> you like this idea? Uh, maybe a martini glass. I do love martinis, so maybe yeah. I, you know. And I Cosmo. love Cosmo. Oh, I love my Cosmos. So this is this is not a terrible idea, and um, I'm sure in the future, even if it's not true right now, I'm sure in the future this is something that will become our reality, and I'm all for it. So I can imagine your little life video starting with grainy footage of you as a, a young child in whatever it was, the 1960s, and riding on a pony very 80s, briefly. 80s. I was born in 81. And then the pony strangely does not make another appearance for the entire remainder of the video. Maybe there's like a link in the video that goes to another QR code to another gravesite, a landfill in Staten Island, which is where poor Carousel the pony likely ended up and then it fast forwards all the way to the very end where you're offering this cheers that would be very much i think appropriate for your life video i also initially hated this idea i thought it was weird and tacky and very creepy but i have to say a little part of me ultimately didn't hate it because having a name you know, in loving memory, survived by so-and-so, and these are the dates. That's basic information. But if there's, like, a cool video where you can actually go and see how people lived and have something a little bit beyond just a few words, I don't know. I It feels a little like a dystopia feature to me, but at the same time, I wonder if it could give mourners or just curious people more appreciation for a life that was lived. That's just sort of my... I thought this was going to be my hot take, that I didn't hate it. And then you went even further saying that you love it. So you one-upped me. You, you like, preempted me with even more enthusiasm. I have a question for you, and then I'll leave it here. Do you think if someone gets to judging choices, it's just going to be a video of her in the clinker after yesterday? Yeah, when you, like, basically ratted her out for her criminal activity. 
I mean, it's possible. Maybe, maybe the highlight montage would include like surveillance footage from one of these stores where she's operating her scheme. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you can listen to the home stretch from yesterday on the podcast at GuyBensonShow.com or on Bonus Benson coming up this weekend, also part of the free podcast on demand every day. GuyBensonShow.com. It's Friday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy a few days off. Right back here on Monday for, we believe, the very exciting debut of our brand new studio in D.C. Excitement to come. Have a great weekend first. It's the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at FoxAcrossAmerica.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.